Welcome back to Gus Toomes Jets podcast. Don't I sound upbeat after what happened on Sunday? Oh my <laughs> God, I must be smoking something seriously strong to be this happy. Or oh, not. Maybe it's just all a great big front. It's delusion, oh, Gus. It delusion. is. That is my good friend, Alistair, who's chiming in there. Um, we hi, are, Al. once again, sorry, I say hi, Joe. Hi, hi, Al. <laughs> hi, Al. <laughs> Anyway, we're, we're once again we're without John because apparently he is so disgusted with the Jets on Sunday he's had to go back to the nail parlor and get all his green nail varnish removed off his toes <laughs> and he's now having them painted some other color. But so we'll see what color they turn out. In actual fact, he's in Rome. Yeah, he's in actual fact he's not in a nail parlor. This is just a little bit of a joke. Um, he's actually at a drone conference, commonly known as a Tory party uh, conference. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough wow. of that political satire. Um, some interesting topics of conversation um, this week. Um, as we all know, the Jets once again failed to beat the Patriots, and we are oh. now back to back to back to back to back to back to back. 15 out of 15 losses in a row to Bill Belichick and the Patriots, which is just phenomenal. I'm not into conspiracies, ghosts and all the rest of it. But that is just unbelievable. I don't think there was many people, Al, that thought that the Jets were going to lose to the Patriots no. on Sunday. That, no, uh, I thought I thought we'd beat them. And, and uh, the manner in which we lost as well, it got down and it seemed a little bit reminiscent of the Cowboys game um, going down into the, into the fourth quarter, needing to come back. And all of a sudden, the lights come on with the offence and Zach. And all of a sudden, he's doing completions in like a two-minute drill. And he's looking mm. like a competent quarterback. Again, too little, too late. Which yeah. leads us on to the last play of the game. And inexplicably, we didn't have our fastest player on the field in Merkel Hardman. But we did have Randall Cott, who actually tipped the pass back into the end zone. I'm not sure he'd have actually counted it, whether he'd be caught it anyway, because his knee was coming down. On between the goal mm. line and the one yard line, so it probably wouldn't have counted anyway. But the net result is once again, uh, we fall to the Patriots. And overall, it was a poor outing overall. And I would include the coaching staff in that as well. Yeah, Al, your takes, please. Uh, you know what? The one thing that frustrates out isn't just in NFL is people that don't show up to something, that don't yeah. put in the requisite effort, heart, desire. And, and that's a big frustration for me. And you touched on it a second ago that, that this is a bad Patriots team. This is team. All these people talking about, oh, the defense, the rest of it. Not a good team. And we showed that in the fourth quarter. As you said, we turned up, what, seven? Play in the fourth quarter. That's when we turned up, and we nearly won the game. Uh-huh. It's 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 brutal to think that. Imagine if we turned up in the third quarter, or the second quarter, or heaven forbid, the first quarter of the game. We'd have been out of sight. It's just yeah. It, it, it's just, and it really annoyed me, and it's it's honestly the the one of the most one of the most annoyed I've ever been coming away from a Jets game because they were there for the taking. We could have broken that fourteen game curse and. And even when the weather report came in and people are going, oh, it'll be ground and pound. I'm going, well, we've got Brees Hall, we've got Dalvin Elliott. And Ezekiel Elliott is the one putting up the yards. It, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's just, it, it, it's beyond me. It really is. And there was a few people talking about, you know, drop catches and, and Lazar and, and um, 
somebody else dropped one. I can't remember who it was now, but but a catchable one. And Cobb, then Cobb dropped one as well. Was it Cobb in, the, in like the first or second quarter? Or so? It was early on. I and think then Cobb dropped two actually. Did he? Right. And and there was a few anyway. And and there was a few people talking about that. And and it's not Zach's fault. And then the big thing for me was that you see Garrett Wilson on the sideline tearing Zach a new one. You see him like in the second week. Garrett yeah, Wilson talking in, into Zach Wilson. And then yeah. after that, Zach walks on the field, plays well. And in that drive, Randall Cobb makes a catch. Tyler Conklin makes a touch, a catch. Um, and and so what that proves is that when the quarterback is firing, the team is. Mm-hmm. So the issue is, it's not so much that Zach's not a good enough player. It's, it's, that, it's that if he's not confident, the team's not confident. It, yeah, the offense is not confident. And did did the defense play well? The defense played well enough. You know, they had a, there was a two two points on this on the safety, so that's thirteen points they they allowed in a home NFL game. If you yeah, if you're only conceding thirteen points at home, you should win that football game. Hundred percent. So I, I, I don't mean to be too harsh on the kid, but to me, and it's not about ability. To me, this was, despite what Robert Salah said, the swans on Zach. Right. And this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit historical. Yeah. We have got Zach. Zach was a number two pick. And mm. this, is, this is the problem that we've got, is when we took Zach, at one point in that draft, the 2021 draft, we were on for Trevor Lawrence until Braden Mann, I think it was against <laughs> the Rams, ended up tripping somebody up that was going to score. I think it was, someone was just about to go for a score. It was a punt right. return and Braden Mann tripped him up, which cost that we ended up winning the game and it, it dropped us down from first spot. So we would have had Trevor Lawrence. Here's the thing. I reckon we would have ru- ruined Trevor Lawrence as well anyway, because it was under Gase anyway. So we would mm. have ended up ruining it. So with Trevor Lawrence would be Trevor Lawrence, but not as good as he is now, in my opinion. So mm. we ended up with Zach Wilson. Now at the time... And I'm sure that there's going to be people going, no, 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 it's not right. Well, I've got a pretty good memory on this one. I, I Normally with bad news, I tend to bury it. But I can remember this quite clearly because this was off the back of Sam Darnold. And all that's going through my head is, please, let's not ruin this quarterback as well. Mm. And I yeah. would say a good chunk, I would say at a minimum, I would say about 80% of uh, Jets fans were on board with with Zach Wilson. And we've seen all the tapes and the throws and the pro day and all the rest of it. So I think most people would have agreed that Zach was the number two quarterback off the board. You also mm. had Trey Lance and you also had Justin Fields that was that were there. And Mac Jones, he was also in the same class. Mm. And I think consensus wise, I think most people said that Zach Wilson was the number two quarterback. Now, here's the, here's the thing. It just so happens this is the year that we needed a quarterback. We didn't have a franchise quarterback. We we had Sam and we ruined him. And we're going to, Sam at this point is still on the team. Remember that. We still have Sam on the team, but they've given up on him. Two years, they've given up on him. They've broken mm. him. They're about to ship him off. So now we've got Zach Wilson. So it just so happens, this 2021 draft, we are now going after another quarterback. We still got Sam. You could have rolled with Sam and you could have traded down or traded future ones or what have you. But no, this is we said Joe Douglas wanted Zach Wilson. So we've gone and got Zach Wilson. He was the consensus second round, second pick yeah. in the first round draft. Now, it, this is how the cards fall. What happens if next year we'd wanted a quarterback? So you can only take the point I'm awkwardly trying to make. You can only take what's there. You can't mm. magic up a quarterback that's not there that's going to be as good as Trevor Lawrence. So the question remains, did we take the second best quarterback in that draft? And I think consensus wise, and if you can, if anyone can actually be honest with themselves, I think we did take the second best quarterback. I think we did. Jalen Hurts was the year before, right? So, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, there was a, a draft where there was a bunch of quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, Herbert, um, Mahomes, mm. uh, 
Josh Allen. Yeah. Every now and again, you get these quarterbacks that can quarterback in the NFL. And then you see situations like Zach Wilson, where he's not quite ready to be an NFL quarterback and he needs to develop. He's done three years at BYU and he uh, left as he declared early. And he's, he's, he's come into the league and he shouldn't have started. We all now know, and I mm. think to use this word again, consensus is we all now know, and some of us called it, some of us didn't, that he should have sat for at least a year. At least, I would say, two years. He should have carried a clipboard like they used to do. But this is the way of the NFL now. It, they're, they're grabbing. Agents have got the ears of quarterbacks in college. They're declaring early. They're coming into the NFL. They're not sitting. They're starting. And then they're getting discarded like yesterday's newspaper. And it, this this is happening over and over and over and over again. And teams, it's not just the Jets. This is teams in general in the NFL. They're constantly doing the same thing of rushing players out of college with the I don't know, money, fame, because there's, there's a huge difference between having a round one paycheck to a round four or a round five paycheck. Mm. Now you fast forward to last year's draft where Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, went ended up as a rookie almost because he got injured and he went down. He almost ended up um taking sorry, yeah he did. It was he Trey Lance that went down and Brock Purdy came in for him. Beg your pardon. But Brock Purdy hit the ground running. Why? He was the last player drafted in the entire draft. It's mentality, so, Gus. It's mentality. It's mentality. And it makes a complete mockery of the whole draft system and evaluation mm. system. And it means also you get a quarterback, you put him in the right system and you look after him. And you put him in when he's right. This is what San Francisco have done. They did things the right way. A little bit of a gamble. And in San Francisco's West Coast system, you don't have to be an elite quarterback. You have to you have to be a little bit more than a game manager. But, mm. that, you know, you still need those, those skills. I think Zach would have probably benefited from being in the Shanahan system over in San Francisco. Different player. But now... We saw what happened last year and the plan was for him to sit and he hasn't because of Rogers having four, mm. four snaps and out. Whether or not that you, you, you want to blame the offensive line for that, whatever. The results are a 40-year-old quarterback has come into the league that you didn't really protect enough. And I know that you can also say that that injury was kind of on himself for holding the ball too long. But hey, he was probably going to get injured at some point anyway. So you've got <laughs> QB2, Zach Wilson, that you said was not going to play this year, is now playing this year. That's on the coaching staff. That's on the front office. You said that Zach would not play this year. You were going to get him tutelage under the guidance of Rogers, under mm. the guidance of the QB coach and offensive coordinator Hackett. And it hasn't happened. You had the chance to bring in other quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks. You didn't do it. The Jets have failed this guy something bad and as an older person who's got kids the same age as Zach Wilson I am sick to my stomach of how his parents must be looking on and seeing this poor kid on that sideline with Garrett Wilson who don't get me wrong he's a great player but I'm sorry you're behaving like a spoilt brat I saw it last year and I'm seeing it again this year I know you don't Garrett Wilson's not come from a losing background. I think he's lost something about four games. Before he came to the Jets, he'd lost something like four games in his entire career. So he's not used to losing. I get mm. that. But you need to grow up, Garrett. You're a great player. But I think you're a spiteful little brat at some point. And yeah, hey, I'm, I'm a man's man. And you can say what you like to me on the sideline. It goes in one ear and out the other. I'll, and I'll be buying you a drink at the end of it. But this is on national TV. Everyone can see it. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see my team turning on each other. Michael Carter, another one. I get it, Michael. You're having a go at the running backs coach because you're not getting carries over Dalvin Cook, whose pants. It's not right. And just to, turn, just to finish off my rant, Nick Borden, welcome to the NFL. I love you, dude. You are a beast. Love mm. you. Ow. What did I mean? Yeah, a nice little positive end to the rant there, mate. Uh, I think <laughs> to what you were saying earlier, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? it? You get into a vicious cycle because 
because you make a mistake by drafting the wrong quarterback and you think the solution is to draft another quarterback and yeah. and clearly it doesn't work and it happened we did the same thing to sam you could argue we did the same thing to gino you know mm-hmm. you could make a case to say if gino had been allowed to sit for a couple of years then then who knows what he could have been because he, he, was, he was great for the seahawks last year these guys need time and and um there is an example of a franchise that's done it um because they've been able to do it and that's green bay because they were able to let Rodgers sit behind Favre, and then they were able able to let Jordan Love sit behind Rodgers. Yeah. Um, but the reason they were able to do that was because they got into the, to use the term, the non-vicious cycle of actually mm-hmm. giving their quarterbacks time. So once you come out of that and you go right, okay, we're we're putting the rookie in. You then you then you're then in a situation where you have to you have to find that once in a generation talent. Because particularly in the New York market, because it's so unforgiving, um, it, it's a city and it's a culture that prides itself on if you can make it here, you make it anywhere. What that what that translates as this is a really tough place to make it. Yeah, and and, and yeah, there's so much intense pressure. And I think I, I, to what you were saying earlier, you talked about um, Josh Allen's a great example because Josh Allen was on the board and when we took Sam Donald and. Um, I can remember being sitting there thinking, I don't want Josh Allen. I don't want Josh Allen. No one wants He was the fourth or fifth quarterback that I wanted. And he's the one that's kicked on and had a career. But I'll say this. I don't think he would have done in New York. No. I I don't think he would have. I'd even go so far as to say, I'm not sure Patrick Mahomes, who sat for a year, remember? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Patrick Mahomes would have done well coming in as a rookie in New York. They sat him for a year in Kansas. Imagine if we'd thrown him under the lights in week one. Not ready. What, what what kind of Patrick Mahomes would we be seeing now? So uh, you know, I think I think he would have been good, but he isn't as good as he is now. No, no. and and and, and I think with your same confidence. Yeah, and I think the franchise going forward has to think like that. And I thought they'd got it right actually when they went. You know what? Let's let's trade our draft picks and get a veteran quarterback because a rookie quarterback is not going to do it. And that's the formula I think we need to do to get out of this cycle. Well, even if. You know, God forbid it doesn't happen, but even if Rogers has to retire through this injury and he's done, rather than go and draft, a, you know, there's a scenario where we're the second or third pick or the 10th pick or something, and there's a rookie quarterback sitting there, I'd trade that pick to go and get a veteran. And I'm not going to throw names out there. I'm just talking about the principle, um, uh, the concept of of how to do it, how to break the cycle. Because we, you need someone who you know is going to be able to handle the media, who you know is going to be able to handle the pressure. It's nothing to do with on-field talent. We've proved that with Sam and Zach, both really talented guys. Really saying, talented, I mean, you know? So, I mean, going back to, you mentioned Green Bay earlier on and the development of how we saw Brett Favre mentor um, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers kind of, uh, not really, uh, mentor Jordan Love. Well, Jordan, the Green Bay Packers are getting it done now. I know that in their division, it's not the strongest division. They've got the Lions, which are a, a, a decent team. Vikings, not really. Bears, not really. Um, they're both uh, 0-3. And Green Bay and Detroit are both 2-1. and But when you look at the points for and against, Green Bay, 80 points for, 62 against, the net of 18 there. They're getting it done. And that's with, yeah. that's with a first-year starter in Jordan yeah. Love. They're doing it the right way. You know, the big joke is in 13 years' time, Jordan Love will be playing for us again. You know, what a joke. Might what be. a joke that is. You might but, be. Um, and and, and, and that, that's, that's the formula. But they've been luck, not lucky. It was skill back in the 90s when they got Brett Favre. But, and, and it was skill in when they got Aaron Rodgers going, this kid's good, but let's not throw him in right away. Let's get, yeah. Even though we think he's brilliant, let's give him two years to sit. And that's the kid. The same thing with Jordan Love. They must have, when they made the decision to trade Aaron Rodgers or to be open to the idea of trading Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, it was because they they, they knew what they had in Jordan Love. But going back to the trade for for Rodgers, so here's the thing. I mean, none of us thought it was going to happen. It was like, I keep calling it a pipe dream. My pipe dream was Hmm. if if, if I thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to come at this point, we thought that there was an arrogance about him and because we'd seen we can only go on what we've seen at Green Bay. Obviously, now looking back at it, he was incredibly unhappy at Green Bay, probably for a minimum of about two years, because he he's come to New York and he's like a completely different person, rejuvenated, mm. which is brilliant to see, and I absolutely love that. But we're drafting for, and you know, let's not use Tom Brady as an example here because they're two different people. You're drafting someone that's going to be forty this year. 
I, I finished playing when I was 39 and I, I wasn't a pro. And mm. I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't have gone on much lo- longer because my legs just wouldn't have it. But you're talking, you're talking like the pros here. It's, it's like, athletically, it's just a different world. And I know the quarterbacks don't have to be mobile or anything, but you're talking about a 40-year-old going to a new team where the offensive line needs strengthening and we were woeful. This is, and I've got a real issue with this, the whole Dwayne Brown situation. You've got Dwayne Brown on IR coming back from surgery and he's been told that he's going to be the left tackle. And now we've had this situation where Mecky Beckham yeah. sent out that tweet, I am a left tackle. Here's the thing, double standards, Bob, Bob Salah. Double standards. Mm. You've told Dwayne Brown because he played like an Iron Man the year before. The job's yours. Left tackle. Come back when you're healthy. You're going to start for us, Mecky. You've got to prove yourself to be a right tackle coming back off your injury. I know you've mm. been out two years. Hang on a second. So one's guaranteed his starting spot, and the other's got to earn his starting spot. And it's not even the side he plays. Hmm. Yeah. Righto. And then there was the whole debacle. Well, he's not in practice. He's not starting at right tackle. He's practicing on his own. That goes back to a protocol. He wasn't allowed by his own doctor. That was got nothing to do with the Jets. Yeah. We all knew it. We knew that as soon as Beckton came back at right tackle, he was going to be himself. And we saw him preseason against, I think it was Tampa, him ragdolling the uh, ex-Jets player whose name just escapes me for the moment. But he, he was ragdolling him. He was back to Beckton at his best. You know, yeah. and but it, uh, going back to my point, it was two different sets of rules for two different people, which didn't seem right for me. So now you've got this offensive line that's in a state of flux. You've got Lake and Tomlinson who couldn't block his auntie, and you've got <laughs> Connor McGovern who's he, the, the, the year before he was a top 10 center, but he's probably going to be in decline. He's getting older now. You joke, you drafted Joe Titman, Joe Titman in preseason. He's having problems snapping the ball. He's having problems with Rogers' cadences. Mm. Can't do it. But I think he's a really good guard. And it wouldn't surprise me if he actually ended up being an all-pro. Elijah Vera Tucker, he's now struggling at right guard. Why? Because he's got Conor McGovern next to him, who's a liability. That will so far has been a liability. So we haven't got any cohesion on this offensive line. And you know that going into the season with Aaron Rodgers. Now, and I'll, I'll stand by it. If he hadn't gone out on that fourth snap, he would have gone out the next game or the next quarter. He, he, I've got no confidence yeah. in that offensive line. And and I know that offensive line, they have to be um, be together, work together, train together, eat together to form that relationship, that bond, mm-hmm. that union. And, it, you know, they're, they're already... So going into game one, you're behind already and you're trotting out Aaron Rodgers. And now you've, and you've also got... QB2, Zach Wilson, which you said you're not going to do. So there's all these fundamental issues that we told they're not going to happen. We're going to sort this out. We're building from the trenches inside out, where you have done that with the defensive line. You've overdone it with the defensive line. Mm. You didn't need Will McDonald. I know in two years' time, we've got two pass rushers that are up for tender in Carl Lawson and um, Brees Huff. Brees Huff. Bryce Huff, yeah. Bryce Huff. But, but, we didn't really need those. What's more important, guarding your asset that you're paying a fortune for or getting another cycle, cyclable bit for the defence? Wrong. Absolutely mm. wrong. And at that point, you had Jackson Smith and the Jigsba was at 15. You had John Michael Schmitz there. You had, oh, and some another offensive player. Skip me mine. But no. We'll take no no disrespect to Will McDonald because I'm sure he'll end up being a great player. But we didn't need Will McDonald. Mm. We might do next year, but we didn't need him. So there's these little intricacies that have happened during the preseason, during the draft, that have led us up to now. So now we can't protect a quarterback. So now the guy that we were going to develop, and and I'll be honest, he was starting to look good. He was starting to get it. But now what I've seen at the back end of that Patriots game, albeit not so much to the end of the fourth quarter, but quarters one, two and three, we just saw old Zach again. He's gone back to his old ways. And it goes back to what you're saying, Al. You've got someone jawing at him on the sideline, telling him he can't throw. Brilliant. Way to get your teammate to perform a little bit better. You spoilt brat. 
sorry. I'm, he's everyone's darling. Well, I'm not seeing that. I know you're a great player, Garrett Wilson, but you're behaving like a brat. Be a team, man. Everyone says there should be a C on his chest. Get out of here. It's me, 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 me. And I know you're a winner, but you've got to start pulling like a teammate and be a proper teammate and pull people up when they're down. We all know that Zach isn't the answer right now or ever. But don't go off on him. On my, I, I can't stand that. Out, I'm, I'm going to be honest, mate. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. That 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 uh, that's actually not how I saw the Garrett Wilson situation. I I didn't see it as him being a uh, like like moaning. Oh, he's rubbish. He's rubbish. He's 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 saying uh, the two things that got from me was Garrett saying, "Don't worry about it. Just throw me the ball," which isn't a which is an elite. Well, obviously, uh, every one of them I've ever watched is you give the ball to me, and I will guarantee you catches and touchdowns. Whether that's true or not, that's yeah. confidence. First off, but but but, but it was it was it like wasn't that. so much your rubbish. It's that. We, you know, get your head in the game, and, and and I think about anyone who's ever played sport at any level has played sport and and has maybe turned up to a game, and I know I've done it playing different sports game, and for whatever reason, you know, your first couple of touches don't go the way you want them to go, and you get in your head. And in that situation, I know for me personally, I need someone, I need someone to to have a go at me. Because I will then use that energy and that fire to then play a little bit better. So, so I'm, I'm I'm playing sort of I'm sitting on the fence a little bit with the Garrett Wilson situation because here's the, here's the, the hard evidence is that it's Garrett Wilson that got Zach Wilson to play better in the fourth quarter. And what that brings me on to is is why is Garrett Wilson doing that? Why isn't that coming from Salah? And Salah's loving on this kid. Salah's going, Zach Wilson's my starting QB. You talked about how he talked about Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown's my starting guy. Dwayne mm-hmm. Brown, he's got so much love for these guys. And some of them genuinely need a rocking. And case in point, Mackay Becton. He put a rocket up that guy's rear end. And and Mackay Becton is playing brilliantly now in a in a arguably our best offensive lineman this year. <laughs> yeah. four, four games, oh, three, three games into the season, he's arguably our best offensive lineman. So, oh, yeah. so, and that's because of he got a rollicking. He got told, you've got to earn it. And, and Zach Wilson's not being told that. And Dwayne Brown's not being told that, you know? So maybe it is a case of unintentional mismanagement on the part of the coaches. And Garrett Wilson going, well, I'll fill that gap. Well, I'm giving giving I'll, Zach a rollicking, because that's what Zach needs in that moment. So I, I, let me put it more into context with Garrett Wilson. I'm not just going off on Garrett Wilson. Sure. What, what I saw, and I, <laughs> I did have moments where I didn't actually see the game because my internet connection kept dropping out. D-A-Z-N. <laughs> sort yourself out. Um, so I, I, there were periods where I, I actually missed, but for, I saw a majority of the game. And what I saw at the beginning was there was jawing going on on the sideline. I couldn't tell you what was said. But from body language, it looked it was starting to get a little yeah. bit spicy. And as the game on, it got more and more spicy. And then you had this situation where Garrett Wilson's caught on camera, probably knew what he was doing, saying, mouthing the words, he can't throw. But before that, he'd already gone over to Zach. And maybe he was giving him the rollicking that he needed. So this, this is different people, different players respond different ways. You've got someone like Zach, he, he probably wouldn't respond with a rollicking from a coaching staff, but he might respond better with a rollicking mm-hmm. of one of his teammates. From a, from a coaching point of view, I think he responds better with an arm around him. But, um, you know, different players, different courses. But yeah, I, I exactly. don't, don't want to dwell on Garrett. He is a yeah. great player. I just don't want to see this business of players telling other players, gee so, someone up by all means, but don't start telling someone that they're, SH1T on the sideline or anything mm. like that. I don't want to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you can't be doing that. I'll be honest, I thought the he can't throw thing was a reference to the weather. I thought that was him talking to the coaches going, going, he can't throw as in he can't, that's not the right play call. I think we know what it weather. meant. I think we know what it meant. I don't, I don't know. Quite, quite honestly, it could have Maybe been, been a bit too nice. We're just speculating here. But yeah. um, right, so... The offensively, we couldn't get anything going at all. Brees Hall, once again, shut down. Dalvin Cook, not getting much done either. And then on to, to top that off, you had um, MC, Michael Carter, not getting the ball. And then he's he's off having a situation with the um, 
Hey, God, I can't remember his name now. The Hackett. The running back. Taylor Embry. Taylor, right. Taylor Embry, the running backs coach. Mm. So he's, he's off having a go at him on the sideline. And, and I can only assume what he's saying is, why am I not getting the ball? You're running Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's not getting the job done. Why mm. am I not out there? And it's a really good question. The whole point of MC is to be a change of pace back. And mm. how can you have a change of pace back on third down, standing on the sideline when Dalvin Cook is getting 2.25 yards a carry? Mm. And Brees Hall's got 12 carries for 18 yards. Even worse, one point five. What's going on there? Can the line not block? Or what? I mean, no. you're, not, you're talking about a Patriots team that, on paper, wasn't very good. But Source, um, he came up with this, and Patriots fans thought he was taking the Mickey. He wasn't. He was saying what Source was saying was New England do simple stuff well. They execute well. Mm. He wasn't calling them simple, which is what they thought. It was a, a Boston. Uh, radio channel or something, I think it was, where they got it all completely wrong. What? And, um, Boston radio channel getting it completely wrong? Yeah, how about that? Press. So, as it stands, we've got Dalvin Cook, 8 carries for 18 yards. Brees Hall, 12 yards for 18 yards. Nick Borden, 1 yard, 1 carry, 1 touchdown. <laughs> That's the way. Zach Wilson carried 1 yard. Here's the thing with Zach, and everyone, everyone wanted to see this, so I added a little bit of careful what you wish for. People said, I don't want to see Zach Wilson turning the ball over because that's what the problem is. Well, he, he threw, um, he completed 18 of 36 passes for 157 yards, no TDs, important, no interceptions as well. So mm. I think there's a little bit of Zach. And he was stepping up into the pocket at times. There were times when he did the right thing. He held on to his biggest problem against the Patriots was he held on to the ball way too long on numerous occasions and the, the safety was totally on him. He could have thrown the ball away. As we know, there were receivers all over the place, wide open, and he just wasn't going through his progressions. Mm. Old Zach, we've seen old Zach again, but I think th there was a lot of pressure coming out from one-on-one -on -one to go two-on-one at home, Patriots, his nemesis, his kryptonite, or whatever you want to call it. Expensively, it was an absolute disaster. There weren't enough changes made. There were we didn't run Merkel Hardman. I haven't mentioned Merkel Hardman, the fastest man on on the field. Why is Cobb playing? Cobb is a Rogers guy. Get mm. Brownlee on again. You got that yeah, Hell Mary. You want your fastest players on there, and the ones. That, so you'd have had Garrett Wilson, Jason Brownlee, Merkel Hardman, Xavier Gibson. He was, uh, he was he was he was catching um punts because I remember at one point we all turned around to each other and said this is our best chance to win the game was when 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 the Patriots were punting in the fourth quarter to us again. Yeah. Um and I think they punted, I can't remember exactly where it was now, but but I think he ran it to about halfway at one point. Yeah. Um Gibson. I think it was after we'd scored the touchdown. So he ran it to halfway and we thought and we thought as the ball was in the air, we looked at each other and went. He's got to return this to the house. So we're not going to win the game any other way. But no, listen, listen, I mean, we can go around in circles and yeah, talk about the Pats we, game. We, 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 At we the end of the day, if the Jets show up before seven minutes into the fourth quarter, we win that football game. For sure. I just want to bring this up before we move on. Uh, just a quick one on the defence, because we talked about this last week and what they needed to do, and they didn't do it. And again, this one's on Salah and Albrecht. No turnovers at all. We had no turnovers, no interceptions. No forced fumbles. And yeah. the most surprising stat of all, zero sacks. We had zero sacks. And we had, I'm just counting them up now, one, two, two tackles for loss. Mm. And the people are telling me the defence did their job because they only let up 13 points. Really? You need oh. to do better than that. Well, you're not putting enough pressure on because this is what the Patriots do. They'll get a little lead. They don't win by big margins. They win by 13, they win by 10, they win by 12. That's what they do. They'll just get the lead and then they'll dink and dunk you. And that's exactly what they did. And it's exactly what Thorpe Garden said that they would do. And we did nothing about it. So I'll give Jeremy a shout out. He's one of our Hippodrome guys. Uh, and he made the point at some point during the game on Sunday. He said, um, maybe he didn't mean the Jets will be like the 85 Bears. Maybe he meant the Jets will be like 85-year-old Bears. <laughs> yeah right and that's we're defending like 85 years like like age, age ancient age old age old pensioner bears that's the problem 
I ain't putting this on the players. I'm putting this on the coaching staff. Yeah, We've yeah, got yeah. the players. I and uh, I don't think they were coached properly. The game plan was absolute dog dirt. But that was the Patriots. And yeah. we, we live to see another day. And we will meet them again. And hopefully we'll do the same. We'll turn it around next time. Which brings us we on have to, to law of averages, mate. We have to win one of these. I'd say the last three games against the Patriots, we've gone in as the favourites and lost. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, but, and um, because we haven't shown up. Yeah, totally. Which brings us on to this week. With yeah, uh, I've no idea who who the hell are we playing this week? Oh, it's only Kansas City. Ah, oh, we should beat them. <laughs> we should beat them. And uh, Zach Wilson starting apparently so far. Yeah, well, I mean, who else are you going to start? You can't start Tim Boyle, can you? So, uh, well, you know, the, the fan base, some of the fan base, they seem to think anyone but Zach Wilson will do. So, you know, mm. it's just... <laughs> yeah. We it's go again, see what goes... happens. Uh, oh, we're doing predictions, mate. Yeah. Um we get into it. What? How yeah. was last week? Uh, what happened last week? The yeah. scores and the doors. All oh, right. Okie dokie. Sorry, I was a little bit distracted there. Um, right, here we go. Well, you did really, really well. And your um, your idea about um, taking the charges on the mm. um, the three-point game, it panned out because you got three points for that. And because yeah. you got three points for that, you and John are now neck and neck at 10. <sighs> and I picked up one point, um, <laughs> got the Miami game right, and that was it for me. I got the Jets wrong. And I've got Washington. You guys both said Buffalo would uh, win, and they did. And I had the Vikes along with John. I actually got John to change his mind on that. So um, you could, you need to credit me for getting... Uh, Thanks, you got me level. Yeah, I got you level because I made him change his mind. <laughs> so um, you guys are level on 10 points each, and I'm still propping up the bottom of the table, which means I'm going to be Zach Wilson and taking high-risk, <laughs> high-reward kind of picks again. Do it. Do it. You've got, you've got to throw for the end zone. Mate. Yeah, I'm, throw I'm, Hail picking, Mary. I'm picking the Jets over Kansas City. <laughs> Are you? No. no. <laughs> okay. okay. I am picking Kansas City at New York Jets. Who you got? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'm going to pick the Jets. And I'm serious. I'm going to pick the Jets. You know why? Because it's my birthday on Monday. And in the UK, that game kicks off at one o'clock in the morning on my birthday. So I just I just refuse to believe the Jets would be so cruel to me as to lose and go one and three on my birthday. So for that logic and no other logic, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Jets. Oh, my Lord. Right. Well, I've got John's picks here. He uh, sent me a text from the Tory party conference. Um, he, he's picking Kansas City as well. And then John goes, well, we'll stick with John. Um, the next game up is Patriots at... Cowboys, is it Patriots? Yeah, yeah. Patriots and Cowboys. Patriots yeah. Cowboys, and he has gone New England to lose, so he's going Cowboys. Out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with John on this one. I, I can't see that. We've bear in mind we've just played both those teams, and there's a marked difference between the two of them. Uh, I, I don't see how how this that New England team travels to Dallas and beats that Dallas team. So Cowboys no, for me. I don't. I don't. And uh, there's been already been some back and forth with uh, Mika Parsons as well. So he's ready to roll. So, yeah, we've got a clean sweep on that. We're all. Hey, I didn't do my lone wolf for the Jets. Yeah, you didn't. You're, you're going, but well, you're not because. Um, oh, yeah, you are. You're a lone wolf on the Jets. Oh, there you go. It's, pretty, it's about really? a week, a bit of a weak lone wolf because I'm not that confident. <laughs> Do you want to clear your throat and go again? No, no. That is that's how the local feels. He's not sure. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Miami at Buffalo. What you got? Uh, it's at Buffalo. That's the thing. It is. And I think it Buffalo is. have looked really good the last couple of games. I know they only played the Raiders in, and who did they play last week? Absolutely uh, rubbish. Oh. But but I think I think we're going to see one of those things where Washington Miami thirty seven nil. I said they were going to beat Washington and they Washington. That's right. Washington yeah, yeah. They, yeah but they, but they them. Um, so so I think I think uh, Miami are coming in off that seventy pointer, which which I think we're going to see an adverse reaction to that. I think they're going to be too confident um, up against a very a very good Buffalo defense, and I think it's going to get in their heads. 
Buffalo need to win a divisional game because they've already lost one. Um, and they need to get back to one and one in the division. It's a home divisional game for Buffalo. They're going to be fired up. So I'm going to go for the Buffalo Bills to beat Miami Dolphins. In, it is in Buffalo, right? It is in Buffalo. You're right. Yeah, I'm going to go for Bills. And John said Miami to beat Buffalo. All right. I don't think I've agreed with him yet. Guess what? You better clear your throat. <clears throat> you go Miami. I'm going Miami. <laughs> there you go. Which means you are the lone wolf again. Yeah, uh, look, I'm, I'm much more confident with this lone wolf, so I'm just going to go for it. Oh! There you go. <laughs> there it is. That's a more, well, it's a more confident wolf, that guy. Um, are you, uh, what's your justification for Miami, mate? Um... I just think they're riding across the crest of a wave. And what the hell do I know about football? Because I, I am <laughs> I am last in the predictions thing. So it's just like you are asking the wrong person. Um, <laughs> um, I've just flipped a coin and it says Miami both sides on it. <laughs> it's a Patriots coin. <laughs> it's double-sided. Um, <laughs> Bron- we've got Broncos at Bears. For this, I don't have a pick for john i do so, i do he messaged me uh, let me just double check i think he said denver actually let me just double check hang on um well he said den as in d-e-n I'm so i'm assuming that means denver and out. not that he's stuck somewhere and that's code for come help me get me out of this conference well i'll tell you who i'm going for while you figure that out i'm going to be going for the bears they, these two teams are both zero and three and they're both tragic but um th- this is why i'm going to go for the bears because I liked them in 1985. So <laughs> I hear that defense was quite good. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. It's, uh, they weren't 85 years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you've gone, you've gone Bears. Uh, yeah. John's gone Denver. And I'm going to go Bears as well. Um, partly tactically, because I'm level with John. So I want to try and get those three points. Partly because um, uh, our Bears are at home. And they're both, and it's quite a fun game of the week to call because we picked it over a couple of other options because both teams are zero and three. So yeah. in that respect, it's kind of an interesting which team sucks less out of these two teams that really suck. Hey, uh, I'll, so tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what. Let, let's spice this up. I'll tell you what. I actually, I can't. I can't say this. I was going to say. I think they're going to draw. Oh. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm sticking with the Bears. John's, going yeah. to, John's sticking with Denver. I reckon if they tie, are you, you going with Denver? Points. I thought you were going with. The, I thought you were going with Denver. No, I'm going Bears. Oh right. Oh, thank you, pardon. I'm going yeah. Bears, but I think you should go with the draw, mate, and then you get five points if they draw. I get hundred points. So what for a draw? Hang on a second. I've got John. I've got John on the line. Cheers, John. Oh, John's lone wolfing on that one, Denver. Oh, is he? <laughs> so there we go. All our picks are in. Um, it's going to be a funny old Sunday. Uh, we've got it's Wednesday tomorrow. Um, Jets Twitter is coming, calming down somewhat now on the old socials. Um, there's still a lot of people out there really angry and I'm going to divulge what happened to me on Sunday night now. Uh, no one knows this. So this is like an exclusive. I spent the night in my car uh, away from home because I couldn't be in the house and I didn't want to be around anybody. So, and mm. I spent all night in my car. So I'm over yeah. it now. Uh, oh. Usually, usually I take things in my stride but that one really hit home hard mm. so if anybody doesn't think that i don't get too upset by it i mm. it doesn't get too much more upsetting than that i had to take myself off and not be around other people because i was not a happy camper so, you know what really helps me is that my wife really doesn't care and she wears the jets t-shirts i buy her and and she wears the hats and all the other stuff, but she really doesn't care. So when I come home, she knows where I'm going. She knows I'm going to go watch the Jets. And when I come home, she won't even ask me how the Jets get on. She'll just stick a sitcom from the 1990s on, on the TV. And it's like, in some ways, that kind of helps. Yeah. Because yeah. She, just, she doesn't care. And it makes you go, it makes you, it gives you that come down of there are, there are, other things in the world right now that I can focus true. on and I don't need to stew in my um, 
Jeez. in my in my depression but it was a tough one like i said right at the top of the pod like that's the one thing i hate more than anything else in the world is when people do not show up and it just really yeah. annoys me because yeah, all the people me. that all the people that would, would rip rip their limbs off to be given that opportunity just once yeah and you've got people not showing up it's, it really frustrates me and i'd like to add we'll try and finish this on a positive note uh, i've oh. got um I've got Nick uh, waiting to do his trivia after straight after this. Let's 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 just take a step back. NFL, the Jets, it's entertainment. It is the sport. It's entertainment. And as they say in the betting industry, if it stops being entertaining, if it stops being fun, you either need to stop doing it or do something else as well. You need something else as well. If this is your only enjoyment in life, your only hobby. You need to do, and you're getting up super upset by it, and you can't focus, and you're angry, and all the rest of it. You need to sort sort yourself out and get something else in your life mm. because it's really not that worth it. And this was evident on, especially on Twitter after the game. There was a lot of angry people, and uh, it's it's not great. It's not great to see. It, it it makes me unhappy that people get that worked up about it and get that angry where they're picking keyboard warrior fights online with other people respected people as well that were doing it so it's a sad thing to see in a hey we all love the jets we're all one big family you know it's a long journey that we're going on and it doesn't seem to ever be getting to where we're meant to be and you know can the jets have nice things it appears not but um we still support the jets and will do in well for me and i know for you i'll mm. always support the jets come whatever and uh will be jets fans long after these players and this coaching staff are not here anymore so mm. that's all i've got to say on it and um pray that everyone is healthy and fit and doesn't pick up too many injuries against um the chief and we pray for a win of course yeah my pathetic lone wolf has already said it's going to happen so yeah so anything can happen there's this old saying that we all know any given sunday and it's never it, every year, every season, there are incredible wins. Let's hope that the Jets are one of those teams. Yeah, it's that's all we have right now is hope. So let's 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 build into that hope. You know, yes, we're 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 one and two, and we've lost another another game to the Patriots. But it's three games into the season, guys. Let's 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 bear in mind our schedule gets a lot easier after the bye, and we've still got to go to Denver. Uh, in this run, and we've got two home games coming up against the Eagles and the and the Chiefs. So yeah, all right, it's against the Eagles and the Chiefs, but um, you know, we're, we're it's we're three games into the season. There's still hope. Of course, there is, and this is if, the brutal part of the schedule. Yeah, we're exactly. And, and if we play like we played for the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, and we have the we we get the weather on our side, we'll win more games than we'll lose. Yeah, of course. And, and, and realistically, four snaps in to our well, our offensive season on that Monday night football, every single Jets fan in their right mind reset, realigned their expectations for the season and went, "All right, playoffs now, not Super Bowl playoffs." Do I believe the playoffs are still possible with Zach Wilson in the centre? Honestly, at this point, honestly, yes, I do. Yeah, it's only one and two. Yeah, but it's the end of the world for some people. Yeah. Let's go again, guys. Let's suit up. You, you keep going. Those players aren't going to be giving up. The coaching staff's not giving up. So why the hell should we? Hey, man. Let's do it. Anyway, there's a positive end, Gus. I think we should. I think we should. That, that, that feels like the right end. That's a positive <laughs> bit. It is, and uh, we managed to just turn it around uh, just in the nick of time. Uh, as always, Al, it's been great talking to you. Sorry, John wasn't here. Um, we'll be back again uh, this time next week. And you guys, you're doing the Hippodrome this Sunday. Hippodrome this Sunday. Yeah, I don't think I'll be as many there because there's a few who have lost a bit of faith, but but I will be there. And if you That's want to come and celebrate my birthday with me and watch oh, the yeah, of course. upset the Chiefs, please do come down. Look forward to seeing you there. Um, yeah, and that's it. Go Jets. Hey, anyone that's in the southeast or anywhere else in the country, get down to the Hippodrome for the, the Hippodrome for the Kansas City Games at the Chiefs. It's Al's birthday. Yeah. 21 this 21, year. Tw- 21 and- again. He yeah. needs you to buy him a beer 
and a great big bear hug and watch the Jets and have a lot of fun down at the Hippodrome. And uh, yeah. it's a pretty cool place to hang out. It's a total NFL in there. So get down there and uh, enjoy yourselves. And uh, as I say, we'll do this again next Tuesday. And you guys can go to work listening to us droning on. Oh, <laughs> droning? Is that John? That's a John reference again. He's at the Tory party conference where they're droning. Right. Anyway, that was a little cryptic joke there. Anyway, thanks very much, Al. And as yes, always, man. oh, yeah. J-E-T-S, baby. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? You've got a question for us, I believe. I have indeed. Yes, I have. So, as usual, a little bit of trivia. This one uh, tallies up with um, the Chiefs, uh, who we're going to be playing. But it also is a little bit sombre. Uh, the question is, which Jets player collided with Dennis Bird in 1992 that caused Bird to break his neck and become paralysed during a game against the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, was it A, Paul Frace, B, Mark Gunn, C, Kyle Clifton, or D, Scott Mercerou? Uh, the answer was indeed D, Scott Mercerou. So... Some background on the on what happened. Um, a lot of people know Dennis Bird. If he had played longer in the NFL, he would have been in the same regard as uh, Mohammed Wilkerson, Sean Ellis, John Abraham, or Mark Gastineau. The Jets chose Bird with the 42nd overall selection of the 89 draft. He got off to a great start with his unstoppable chop swim uh, technique that helped him rack up 13 sacks in 1990 alone. By the time Bird entered his fourth season in 92, he had a combined 27 sacks and was on pace for more. Now, he told the Jets' official website in 2012 that he wore number 90 in the pro football ranks as a tribute to his older brother, Dan. Dan Bird wore number 90 when he played high school football. Now, although Dennis never wore that number at Mustang High or Tulsa, he seized the opportunity when it was available the first time he walked into the Jets' locker room back in 89. Some pundits thought Bird could become the successor of the legendary player, Mark Gastineau, who hung up his cleats following the 88 season. But an unspeakable tragedy struck when a freak injury left Bird paralysed from the neck down in a game against the Chiefs on November 29th, 92. Now, Bird and fellow Jets defensive lineman Scott Mercerou converged on Chiefs quarterback Dave uh, Craig. It was in the opening moments of the third quarter. Craig scrambled and managed to avoid the impending sack, but once he got out of the way, Bird rammed into Mercer's chest and damaged his spine as a result of the collision. Now, as he lay on the, the gridiron, Jets linebacker, uh, Jets linebacker Carl Clifton, he encouraged him to get up, but Bird told him he couldn't. He knew he was paralysed from the moment he fell to the ground. The, uh, the injury... It hindered his bodily movement below his neck. The only body part he could move was his right bicep. Now, emergency responders, they, they cut off his Jets uniform. They carried him off the field on a stretcher and took him to Lennox Hill Hospital, where he underwent seven-hour surgery. Now, while Bird was recovering in his hospital room, he drew strength from Romans 8.18, which says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now that Bible verse, which was written on a white cardboard sign, it hung from his hospital—excuse uh, me, his hospital room ceiling—and was the first thing he saw each morning. Now, in the years that passed, Bird continued to inspire. He remained a part of the Jets family, and prior to the playoff game against the Pats in January 2011, he sent Rex Ryan the jersey that was cut off his body during that November day back in '92. Rex Ryan asked Bird to address the team the night before the game as the Jets were big underdogs had, and had lost. They actually lost to the same opponent on the same field by six touchdowns a few weeks earlier. Uh, the Jets, they, they, a lot of people will remember this. Uh, the Jets also brought the jersey onto the field for the coin toss and ended up, ended up upsetting New England in that game. Now, they retired uh, Bird's number 90 jersey during a halftime ceremony. It was in a game against the Finns. Uh, it was in the fall of 2012. 
And when Burr's jersey was hung high in the rafters of Giant Stadium, it was one month shy of the 20th anniversary of his career-ending injury against the Chiefs back in 92. Um, so he, he went on to have an injury. He inspired everyone uh, by coming back and being able to walk, but it didn't end there, sadly. It, it, tra tragedy struck again when Dennis Bird was actually killed in a two-vehicle crash. It was in his home state of Oklahoma. It was on October the 15th, 2016. He had just turned 50 years old a mere 10 days earlier. Um, so, Gus, that, that, you know, it, inspirational, yet so sad. Um, uh, I never got yeah. to see Bird play. Uh, you know, it was something I never had the fortune to see. I don't know if you did. Yes, I but, did, and I remember it well. And I remember the um, the day that it happened as well. Uh, obviously, back then, we were still getting um, highlight games. Uh, and it was, um, thankfully, uh, Channel 4 gave it extended highlights. And mm -hmm. you, you, you saw the collision, and, and you saw the, the paramedics on the field, and all the rest of it. And even though I knew it had already happened, um, it still took my breath away. And it's one of those images that um, you never forget. It's a bit like um, when we saw DeMar Hamlin uh, last season lying on the field motionless. It's yeah. a shock. And every, everybody, the whole NFL community uh, did come and rally around. And it, it's so sad. And it's just a, a very grim reminder of how intense this sport is, how violent it is. It's not like any other sport. We get a lot of guys uh, in this country that don't understand the game, that often try and compare it to rugby, of which is a violent sport as well. But the, the difference being between rugby and American football, very, very basically, is American football. Football is played at a sprint speed all the time because of its nature, it's stop-start. So it is at sprint speed. And you're talking seriously big guys as well. They're a lot bigger in football than they are in uh, rugby. And the, when these collisions do go wrong, th this can be the, the very nature. And this is why players, players' uh, security and health is so paramount. As this game evolves, the players are getting bigger and they're getting faster. I mean, we've got um, defensive linemen. For an example, um, Aaron Donald is... Super fast. Had Aaron, Aaron Donald been playing 20 years ago, he would have just been an absolute... I mean, he's a freak now, but he would have been a super freak back then. But um, on the on the actual injury, there was actually a film um, made of... Yeah, it's, it's, it's also accompanies the book, doesn't it? Rise and Walk. Yeah, there's a... There's a I'm holding it now, and there's a film. If you can Google it, I'm not sure it'll be on Netflix or Prime or anything like that, but it's called Rise and Walk. It's a PG, so you can watch it with your kids, and it's by um, Peter Berg, and mm -hmm. it tells the true story, the Dennis Bird story. It doesn't um, have the, the, the incredibly sad ending that you've just mentioned uh, about uh, how he actually um, did end up dying. But it was it was released before that. But um, it's quite a good film. Um, if you're a Jets fan, it's a must see. Um, I proudly wear my number ninety quite often. It's um, I've got it's a legacy green, so it's an exact replica, and I, I love it. And yeah, it's a really tragic story. Uh -huh. But um, he I think he would have gone on to have been one of the Jets' great, a very very driven player, and uh. Very, very sad. Very sad indeed. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we, we do the trivia that's um, lighthearted. Sometimes we do stuff like this because it's important to know everything about the Jets and, and have some, you know, historical... Uh, do you know what? Do you know, I've, I've suddenly find myself a little bit remorse, uh, remorse over this. So, you know, it's it's sad what happened. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. thinking back to the book I read as well. So, yeah. For the legacy, to, to put a to put a, a more a more, a more cheerful uh, spin on this, the legacy that he's left behind um, means that players are now more protected, and uh, it's something that the NFL has learned from, and the NFLPA, the the um, the union which represents the players, they've taken things from this. So 
the, the NFL is a safer place since this has this has happened. So mm-hmm. lessons have been learned. Unfortunately, it did result in him getting paralysed. But as we know, he did rise and he walked. And for the remaining years, um, he was a significant part of the Jets setup. And as you rightly say, um, came into that uh, Jets locker room and gave that rousing speech in front of the players. With anyone that didn't get up for that. Well, everyone did. As we yeah. know, we know what happened next. But um, yeah, great player, and that's a great bit of trivia. Thanks for that, Nick. No, you're welcome, uh, Gus, and thank you as always for letting me come on your podcast. And I will see you next time. Great. Cheers. Thanks, Nick. All gas, no brake.